Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, look, okay, SummerSlam 2005 is so nuts, let's just break all the craziness down into some bullet points. Because yes, Edge and Matt Hardy were best friends. Then one day, Matt Hardy found out that his girlfriend Lita was cheating on him with his best buddy Edge, and you can just imagine what happened next. I mean, Hardy was so upset, he felt like he needed to get this off his chest. He did that online. WWE didn't appreciate this airing of the dirty laundry, so they fired him. And that is a really bad few days. Thankfully, fans across the country kept chanting Hardy, Hardy. So he did get rehired to be put into a wrestling program with that there edge. And we will talk about it later. And from there, we move into Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan, who, if you can believe it, were meant to have a three match program. Hulk would win one, Shawn Michaels would win the other. And when it got to the rubber match, well, let's face it, that would have gone to the Hulkster as well. He was really good at backstage politicking. One day, however, Hogan just turned up at a show and he thought about it. He was like, oh yeah, rubbed his moustache. That doesn't work for me, brother. So all of a sudden this became a one and done. And to get some sort of revenge, Shawn Michaels did what he did at SummerSlam 2005. And once again, we'll talk about it later. And then when we get to Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, well, they were fighting in a ladder match over the custody of Dominic Mysterio. So yes, in case you've never heard of that before because you were living under a rock, it meant whoever climbed a ladder and grabbed a briefcase won a child. Finally, and the one that most of us do forget, is the fact that if Muhammad Hassan hadn't been thrown through the stage at the Great American Bash that came a month before SummerSlam 2005, he would probably have been facing Dave Batista for the World Heavyweight title. And let's face it, given that it is WWE, he probably would have won. I mean, that did not happen, but can you imagine this show right here? Well, it would have to have been a deep dive into all of that. This was also Chris Jericho's penultimate day in the company because he had decided to walk away from wrestling and have a little bit of a break. So not only did he take on John Cena at SummerSlam, but he also then had a rematch with him on Raw where he said, if I can't beat him, general manager Eric Bischoff, you can fire my ass. And of course he did fail, so somebody fired his ass. This did see Jericho leave the WWE though by being dragged out of there courtesy of security as he whined and moaned and just acted like a child because that's how he wanted to go out. He wasn't a hero, he was a villain, and he wanted to look as stupid as he possibly could. There is a dude that understands professional wrestling. Switching gears a bit as well, AEW's Frankie Kazarian was also hired by WWE at this stage, although actually a few days before this event, he had been let go. And this went down because he was asked to cut his hair and refused because he had surveyed the situation, realized his ceiling was quite low, so he was like, oh no, I can see what's going on here. Why the hell would I do that? 
because it ain't going to make a blind bit of difference anyway. I would absolutely implore you to hunt down interviews where Kazarian does talk about this though, because not only is it fascinating, but my word did that guy smash it right on the head, and just look at the success he went on to have after the fact. I mean, there's a hell of a lot of madness to present to you for the intro to just one show, and again, it had two human adults fighting over the custody of a child. And this is one of those moments that when non-wrestling fans hear about it, they're like, what? And imagine if this was true. Imagine this is what happened in the real world. Children were just being handed all over the place. Given that the pay-per-view doubled what SummerSlam 2004 had done though, and drew over 18,000 fans into Washington, you can't say it wasn't a success, but we can give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down, which is what we're going to do right now. Because my name is Simon Miller. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling. It is retro ups and downs. And this week, we go back to SummerSlam 2005. Now, there should be no surprise that the very first match that we do get is Orlando Jordan versus Chris Benoit for the US title. Because this had none of the shenanigans of every other single bout that was on the card. So whoever putting it together probably looked at it and going, well, that's kind of the most basic and boring thing we've got. Roll it out there first. I mean, even the story was basically Chris Benoit wanted to tap Orlando Jordan out. Orlando Jordan was like, well, that doesn't sound very nice. That doesn't sound like something I want to do. The thing is, though, I think WWE were well aware of the roller coaster they were about to take their fans on. So went out of their way to ensure that every single thing that was presented took them up and took them down. Which is why this match goes about 10 seconds. I mean, Chris Benoit gets Jordan in the crossface. He taps out really fast. And that's that. We've just seen a title change. The crowd go absolutely nuts because of course they did. They're already pumped the fact they're at SummerSlam and now they just saw this. And for that reason alone, you just can't criticize it. I mean, there's not even one hole to go through. Everybody get it up. And that is when the ludicrousness started. Because we're in the back and we see Vicky Guerrero talking to Eddie and saying, look, Eddie, you don't care about this real human charm that actually is a real life person in this reality. You just hate Rey Mysterio. So why don't you get rid of all this custody stuff and just focus on this? Eddie goes nuts though, because he completely disagrees with this and says it's about family legacy. It's about bringing up his son. And if Vicky can't understand that, maybe she should have a rethink. Guerrero then insinuates that what his beloved is saying is that she doesn't think he can beat Rey Mysterio. So he loses his mind once more and even says, if you can't support me, you better support your ass on out of here. And I've been thinking about this for many, many days and I've come to the conclusion that sentence makes no sense. But still, it is Eddie Guerrero and it is just more proof that he can make anything work even gibberish. The insanity then continued because right after this, it was Edge with Lita taking on Matt Hardy and the crowd couldn't have been more electric because of course, they are so in Matt Hardy's corner because we've all had our heart broken, we can understand, and wrestling is at its best when you take fiction and reality and push together. I've no idea how he was able to do this because the rage inside his tum-tum must have been fierce, but also, when we take a step back and look at it from afar, I don't think WWE had forgiven Mr. Hardy for everything that he had done. Now, surely they could understand it. I mean, who couldn't? But even with all the fan support and the desperation to have him come back to the company, he gets absolutely wrecked here, which even now, 16 years on, leaves you with the question, why? I mean, where was my Cinderella story? It does start off really frantic because I don't think these two guys are wrestling. They are just punching each other in the head. But after Edge has clonked Matt's head on the ring post and he starts bleeding, after a little bit of a beatdown, the referee just goes, well, I don't like the way that cut looks, Matt. So I'm calling off the match. I mean, what the flub? It just made Matt Hardy look like a goof 
and this was the wrong way round. He's the guy that got screwed over, so he's the guy that should have beaten Edge to such a bloody pulp the referee has to go, well he may actually kill him, and beforehand he did say he's going to kill him, Matt, I'm stopping it. But we didn't do that because WWE. It's not really much of a match either, and as we did go down the line, this thing would spiral out of control. And it didn't help Matt Hardy in the way that it should have helped Matt Hardy. Now, thankfully, all parties have moved on from this now. But as the point of retro ups and downs is to transport ourselves back into a moment, we gotta give it a down. Helped Edge, though. My word did it help Edge. He used this as a platform to become one of the biggest bad guys in the company. Never know what's going to happen on this crazy planet Earth. But moving on from that, there is just so much nonsense on this show to the point my laughing gland was worn out. Because yes, it is Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio in a ladder match with Dominic's custody papers hanging from the ceiling. I mean, what is wrestling? It's particularly poignant now because of course Dommy is smashing it on SmackDown and he's actually quite decent back here too. Every time the camera cuts to him, he does look a little bit perturbed as you would be, especially if you were a real child, you'd be like, I don't know which one my dad is, but they definitely tried to kill each other in order to win my love. We still do have a massive issue of logic here though, because what court in the land signed this off? What's that? You want to have a wrestling match to see who owns a child? Yeah, we've looked through the rules and we can't find a problem with it, so go nuts. So what we all forget because of the stupid stipulation is that it is Eddie Guerrero, one of the best ever. It's Rey Mysterio, one of the best ever. They have terrific chemistry. This is an absolute treat, which many people don't talk about because we're just going, <laughs> what a daft narrative. You can't but give it anything but an up. The ladders are involved almost instantly. And yes, sure, there is a botched sunset flip powerbomb off one of the ladders early on. But apart from that, this is pretty much perfect. And again, sometimes a botch actually adds the realism of the match. If you were about to give someone a powerbomb off a ladder, wouldn't you be a little bit nervous? Yes, you would. What was far worse is what followed, and I don't even know if I can explain it. Because Eddie Guerrero gets back dropped off one of the ladders, but then all the ladders kind of just come crumpling in and they land on both Ray and Eddie, and there is no two ways this didn't hurt. As Jim Ross used to say, how do you train for a ladder to be falling on you? He's got a very good point. There's more intentional madness in order to make sure Rey Mysterio has been destroyed, because then Eddie Guerrero starts climbing rung by damn rung to get those custody papers when Dominic gets in there and he starts shaking the ladder. But because he's 10 years old, whatever the hell he is, he just does this. It's just really funny. I know I shouldn't laugh, but I can't help it. He couldn't have done a better job. I am just a terrible person. However, these tiny shakes are enough to put Eddie Guerrero off, so he's not able to win back his son. It is quite the moment though, and it is his way of telling us he doesn't want Guerrero to be his dad. There's another one of those sentences. It does allow Mysterio to get back on his feet and even get one hand on those custody papers, but Eddie isn't having any of that, so he pulls the ladder away, and as Ray falls from the sky, Guerrero catches him and power bombs him right into the mat. Honestly, I chuckled again, mostly out of shock, like I was at a funeral and I was just trying to devolve the tension. Both guys are doing so well here. Even the crowd starts trying for Eddie Guerrero, even though he's trying to abduct a child and don't pretend he isn't. And even his wife knows that because once again, Eddie Guerrero is about to achieve this when Vicky gets to the ring and she pushes him off. I mean, what a horrible evening Eddie must have had after this. Everybody had turned his back on him. Vicky then goes one step further too because she jumps on her man and refuses to let him move as Eddie has to watch Rey Mysterio finally get up to those papers, grab it, 
and reclaim his child. This is just the best thing ever, because you could just say stupid stuff, but it's all accurate. It all works though, it just does. It's super fun, it's super dumb, and these two are just on another level when it comes to sports entertaining. I mean, they truly are terrific. You just have to take it how it's presented and laugh along to the madness, and 16 years on, the match itself well, it still holds up. Plus, you have the nice poignancy that on SmackDown right now, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio are the tag team champions. But honestly, if I dive into the story, I'm pretty sure I'm still meant to think that Eddie Guerrero is his proper dad and Rey Mysterio adopted him. There is just so many angles with this, but it's brilliant. Go watch it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. It was at a moment that truly blew my mind because on this SummerSlam, it goes to Kurt Angle versus Eugene, because Eugene had stolen Kurt Angle's Olympic medals. I mean, pfft. We have spoken about the Eugene character before, so I'm not going to repeat my thoughts on it here. You'll have to go find an old episode of Retro Ups and Downs. But what a mismatch this was. Because obviously Eugene is meant to be the good guy, but Kurt Angle walks out with so much intensity and just murders this fool that every single person in that arena is just cheering for our Olympic hero. I mean, Eugene even gets booed no matter what he does. He tries the rock bottom, he tries the stunner, he does the whole Hulk Hogan Hulk up routine. But the whole time fans are like, no, we hate you. Kurt Angle is just too good. So Kurt grabs him, drops him right on the head, locks in the ankle lock, and he taps out within seconds 
Honestly, Kurt Angle looked like a machine here. There's no way you couldn't get behind him. It's even more batshit afterwards because Kurt Angle goes and gets a chair and stands on it. And because he has now been reunited with his medal, gets the referee to put it round his neck as if he's transporting himself back to 1996. So even that's arrogant. And while some fans do go boo boo, deep down they're like, this man is just the best. All of this is just exhausting though, but it's also exhilarating. I kind of took a pause after this one because I was like, man, who even put together SummerSlam 2005? But once again, was I bored? No. Was it really well put together? Yes. It's got to get it up. And just to back up all of my points, we then cut to a bunch of the divas washing a limo. And of course, they're not wearing any clothes and they're spraying each other like it's the most fun thing ever when all of a sudden you see on the side of the vehicle the president of the United States symbol. The window then goes down and Vince McMahon just says, well, why not? Then he puts the window back up as if we're meant to go, oh, Vince McMahon is going to run for office. This was really, really stupid and I'm giving it a down. The big time face-offs do keep coming though because next up is Randy Orton versus The Undertaker. And this was the period where Randy Orton was the legend killer, which just gave him so many good lines about killing the legacy of The Undertaker. And the only problem with this one is that it just goes too long. And this could be down to the fact that the crowd is utterly exhausted by what they've already seen, so they don't really get into it. And when a live crowd doesn't get into it, it does mean you struggle when you're sat on your ass at home on your couch. I suppose this could have been a plan by WWE when they said, well, they can go out there and have an old school contest, which fans will enjoy. And you do enjoy it, but I think it would have been better to continually just like inject drugs into everybody's face. I mean, even something like Edge versus Hardy. I didn't appreciate the direction, but they're getting such a huge reaction you're like, well, you better plug me in. Whereas here, everything just kind of plugs on. Even with all that said, though, I would have given it an up if it wasn't for those meddling kids, or in this case, a stupid, stupid finish. Because just as The Undertaker has hit a choke slam and it's made very clear, oh, he's going to win, some random guy, some old man just gets in the ring. He's all like, oh, Undertaker, Undertaker. And Taker sells, it's like, oh my gosh, he's a rogue fan. I'm going to punch him in the face. But just before he does, the referees get him out of there. Because it has been so long, though, The Undertaker, the dead man, gets distracted. So that's right, even undead zombies can't focus on their opponent. And Randy Orton is able to get to his feet, hit the RKO, and beat The Undertaker for the uno, dos, tres. There's also this big hoopla like, oh my gosh, Randy Orton has won. While that's technically true, it's not really for obvious reasons. And of course, this crazy person that had walked in the ring turns out to be Bob Orton, Randy Orton's dead. And he even has this like fake prosthetic skin all over his face. So they really went to work on this. You do kind of spend the whole end part though, just going, huh? And when you get the Bob Orton reveal, you're like, well, that makes sense, but it doesn't really get me overly excited. I just don't see why Orton couldn't have won with an RK out of nowhere, given that even in 2005, we were presenting that move as, well, nobody kicks out of that. It's just too devastating. So yes, it's too much shots, it's too much shenanigans, and that's why it's got to get it down. It may have helped what followed though, because the crowd has been able to rest on their hands a little bit, because do they go crazy for John Cena versus Chris Jericho for the WWE title? they really do and it's getting it up as was the way back in 2005 fans had just started to go we don't really know how to react to john cena so some of them are cheering him and some of them are booing him but this does work because chris jericho realized well look john cena is really good at selling so i'm just gonna kick his ass right about 10 minutes 
boy howdy did they take us on a ride. You also see that top rope leg drop by Cena, and this must have been one of the first ones he ever did. And there's also this really cool bit where he goes for the FU, but Jericho reverses it into a DDT. I don't think we talk about this enough, but these two also have really good chemistry. It's also an absolute testament to Y2J, because by the time he's got John Cena in the walls of Jericho, the fans are screaming, no, John, please get to the ropes. So we turned him. He pulled a Star Wars. And all of this adds up too because Cena has been beaten up from pillar to post. So I actually feel sorry for him. And then that changes on a dime as soon as he wins. Because there are a bunch of near falls towards the end that are really great. But after Cena catches Jericho in a tilt a whirl, he turns it into the FU. He gets the one, two, three. He retains his title. And then instantly, everybody in Washington is just, boo, boo, we hate you. We want you to go away forever. I would also guess that both guys probably had a slight chip on their shoulder because they were were fighting for the WWE title, but they weren't the main event. But they took that chip and they ate it with glee. I wouldn't call this a forgotten gem, but I would call it a really, really good match that if you haven't seen, it's probably worth your time. As was Dave Batista. I love this guy. Up. He too is defending his world title early because of what we are doing in the main event. But because we're in Washington and Batista is from Washington, him and his opponent JBL don't need to do anything. Because every single person in that building has decided, we love you Dave Batista, we want your children, we are just going to make noise constantly and it makes this damn entertaining. It's also helped by the fact it's a no holds bar stipulation and doesn't go more than 10 minutes and almost instantly Dave Batista is just spearing JBL through the barricade. They just went, okay, well, we don't have that much time. Let's just kick each other's ass. And they really do kick each other's ass. Because after Bradshaw has got his belt and just whips Batista like his future acting career is on the line, he then hits him with a clothesline from hell, which is just one man taking his arm and hurling it into somebody else's head and forgetting what the art of professional wrestling is. I'm amazed that Dave Batista is able to walk around with a skull. This was the stiffest thing I've ever seen. I'm exaggerating, but it's up there. I mean, it works because Big Dave kicks out of it. So all of a sudden you're like, poof, that guy's a warrior. But there ain't no way he didn't wake up the next day like, oh, my neck is killing me. He soon does get his revenge though, because not only does he hit JBL with the Batista bomb, he then gets the still steps and he gives him another. And honestly, the clonk of back onto metal will make you go, oh. But then he pins him, he retains his title. What a fun little thing this was. And real credit to Bradshaw as well. I mean, there's plenty of reports out there that kind of state he's not the best human being, but he totally understood his role as a heel and he wanted to get Big Davis over as much as he did. And well, he achieved it. It also fits in with this bonkers card, which I mean as a massive compliment. It is just go, 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 go. And given they are the penultimate match, I suppose they could have dropped the ball but they absolutely did not. No matter where we were by the time we did get to our main event though, Shawn Michaels had already clearly made up his mind about what he was going to do. So he ensured he'd executed that with all the flippy floppiness he had on his toes. Cause I assume he was still slightly annoyed that Hulk Hogan had changed all the plans. So the heartbreak kid throws himself around the ring for 25 minutes and kind of makes a mockery of Hulkamania. So is this unprofessional? Yes, but also is it damn entertaining? The answer is yes, and that's why it's getting it up. up. Because honestly, if you haven't seen this, make sure you go out of your way to read as much as possible and then watch it. Because every time any kind of offense is landed on Michaels, he sells it like he's been shot. I mean, it's just so over the top and it's so ridiculous, you can't help but fall in love with it because it's stupid. And it's stupidness happening at 2005 SummerSlam and you can't believe that we got here. I don't even know. Amazingly, Hulk doesn't really know how to handle it either because you can kind of see on his face, he's a little bit perturbed 
and I am not a conspiracy theorist, but if I was, when he does realize what's going on, I would argue that the shots, well, they get a little bit stiffer. Given that it is Hogan, at some point he gets busted open after being thrown into the ring post. And because Shawn Michaels is yo-yoing around the place, Hulk at one point is like, oh, give me a moment. I mean, he is physically exhausted and once again, I don't think that's by accident. I'm going to assume that Shawn Michaels intentionally blew him up. They even go into a sleeper so Hogan can get his breath back and then do his big Hulk up routine. But before he can finish it, of course, the referee gets bumped. This is WWE. From nowhere, the fans start chanting, you screwed Brett, you screwed Brett. And that was just like the moth to the flame. What do you think Shawn Michaels did as soon as he heard that? He walked over to Hulk Hogan and he put him in the sharpshooter and he just looks so proud about what he's doing. Other refs are then being bumped as HBK uses all this frag art to just wham Hulk Hogan right in the balls. And then he hits the big top rope elbow and he hits the super kick. But again, it's a Hulk Hogan match. You know what comes next. He kicks out and then he starts going this time to Hulk up. The fans can't help themselves and completely forgot that they have been torn throughout this because Hulk Hogan was getting some boos. And after Shawn Michaels gets the big boot right into the face, Hulk Hogan pins him for the one, two, three. And this wonderful farce is over. Honestly, it's like a good movie you watch. You could go back and watch it again and you'd find brand new things to be entertained about. Also, the bump that Shawn Michaels takes off the big boot, it defies the laws of Phoenix. He goes down, he gets back up again, then he flops back down to the mat. It is so, so dumb. Due to the fact that a rematch wasn't on the cards by this stage, the two do make sure to embrace afterwards to let everybody know, hey, Shawn Michaels pretended to be the bad guy for a few weeks, but going on from this point, if you could treat him like a good guy, that would be great. And is it a fitting main event for SummerSlam 2005? I would say absolutely yes. And overall, what a fantastic pay-per-view this is. A large reason for that is the crowd who can't make up their minds about who they do like and who they don't like. And mostly all the work in the ring is terrific. So you should go and watch SummerSlam 2005 and it's getting it up. And as always, we finish with the Wrestling Observer Star Ratings to give you another opinion on these matches. Chris Benoit versus Alain and Jordan got 0.25 stars. Not even sure how you could get to a rating with that. Edge versus Matt Hardy got two stars. The ladder match got 3.5 stars. That feels low. Kurt Angle versus Eugene got two stars. Randy Orton versus Undertaker got 2.75 stars. Jericho versus Cena got 3.75 stars. Batista versus JBL got two stars. Also seems harsh. And our main event got 3.5 stars. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.